Monster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Good afternoon, Matt. Good afternoon, Derek. As you can see, we said good afternoon, not good morning. Uh, we had every intention of putting out a Wednesday morning show. In fact, we, we taped a we did. Wednesday morning and show. The, again, I, I joke every time, an hour and ten, it was the best uh, show we've ever had. I was in the middle of editing it, and that's going to set up our show, Derek, today on a Thursday as we record Friday morning release. We were in the middle of record. Uh, I was in the middle of editing, getting everything crisp, letting the, the listeners, um, again, it was the best show. Probably. Do we have it ready yesterday? Yeah. Uh, yesterday Wednesday at lunch. Like we said, and um, and what happened was we got to uh, a little bit of information started, and we're going to cover that in just a minute. A little bit of information, uh, news articles began to run about some um, issues with the voting. Um, Derek, I believe uh, 1,700 people from the Center Hill area voted in our election. Three people from Marshall County voted in our election, so we're going to work on that. We're, we're going to get to that in just a second, but uh, we do want to say that obviously Tuesday, a historic day. Every time we get to vote is a historic day. We live in a, a wonderful yes. country where we can have peaceful and you know some people say well some days aren't well this was a peaceful election tuesday uh it has you know that we're now two days past it there are still some uh results that are up in the air including possibly one in hernando but there are across the nation there are definitely some that are up in the air we're gonna get to all those results we're gonna get to all those uh conversations uh here of course after we get to our the ads at the beginning but i mean again it's been a, a wonderful interesting week uh, it's been beautiful weather, Matt. We've got a, a huge cold front coming through this weekend. We've got so much to cover on today's show because, again, it was, as you said, it was an hour and 15 minutes that we recorded yesterday morning. We're going to cover it all for you again with updated information, maybe not go into some of the things because we don't know kind of right. where some things lie right now. But anyway, uh, looking forward to it. It's going to be a great show. And uh, just, uh, again, we're still having one show this week. It's just going to be on Friday instead of Wednesday. Thanks for going on this journey with us for the UTW Podcast. We really appreciate it. As Derek mentioned, cold front coming through massive weekend for the city of fernando with the dickens Huge. of christmas we'll talk more about that in just a few moments but uh if being under the water tower or moving to hernando mississippi or even DeSoto county is something that you are considering something that you're thinking about if you are buying or selling a home please consider contacting our 2022 presenting sponsor, the number one real estate team in DeSoto County, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Possessing over 66 years of combined real estate experience, Brian and Terry and their team have thousands of closings since 2009 on the buying and selling side of residential real estate. They were also recently voted DeSoto's best for the fifth time. They are full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available anytime you need them. They are currently offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. Simply give them your address. They can tell you all about your street, your neighborhood, how fast houses are selling, how long they're sitting on the market. Brian and Terry possess all the analytics, all the information that you want from a realtor in 2022. You can also do a full home search at their website, teamcouch.com. Again, that's teamcouch.com. They've been a great supporter of ours for the last two years cannot tell them enough how much we appreciate working with us supporting us sponsoring the utw podcast give them a call today 662-449-1700 call brian directly on his cell phone at 901-461-7653 that's 461-7653 and as i mentioned you can do a full home search at teamcouch.com that's teamcouch.com with rates increasing, uh, seems to be every month, rates are going up, different things are happening. Brian and Terry are going to help you walk through closing attorneys, interest rates, how much you can afford, how to stage your home if you're selling it, how to help with curb appeal. Brian and Terry, as I mentioned, thousands of closings since 2009. Brian and Terry and their team can help you when it comes to this important decision for you and your family. Call them again, 662-449-1700. And podcast listeners, always remember, every home needs a couch. Recording a second show from the Mobile Cars and Van Rental Studios. As I mentioned, yesterday's show that you will never hear was probably uh, Emmy Award winning. Mobile Cars and Vans, located at the corner of McCracken and Commerce, cars, trucks, vans, had an opportunity to help two people with insurance claims this morning. Really appreciate those ladies uh, supporting and thinking local when it comes to that. Also picked a lady up at Bryant's who, who was simply uh, having her car fixed for the next few days. So those are just some of the examples that we try and convey right here on the podcast. We love to work with people in Hernando. We love to help people right here in DeSoto County. Give us a call, 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. Cars, 
trucks, vans. We have started to get a lot of calls for spring break, starting to get calls for MLK weekend. If your church or your family are traveling over the next six months, please consider using or uh, letting us help with those travel plans. Mobile cars and vans, 662-469-4555. Derek, as we've kid uh, the last uh, few minutes, we're going to turn our attention. Obviously, the, the main thing that's going on in the city of Fernando, definitely for the UTW podcast, because you and I, over the last six to eight weeks, have been heavily uh, involved in or heavily, at least when it comes to our show, giving five, 10, 15, 20 minutes of each of our episodes towards the attention for the Coins for Kids sales tax referendum. Uh, so, Derek, let's catch up on a couple of things. We heard from Henry Miner, who designed the uh, the phase one. We heard from Jared Barkley last Friday uh, how important it was and the different things that would help with the, the parks. Uh, that vote, as of right now, that vote did happen on Tuesday, November 8th. That's right. The vote did happen right here in the city of Fernando. Um, the sales tax referendum, which uh, to remind everyone, a penny per dollar for prepared food correct, would, is what that would have gone to. And that would have gone towards infrastructure or building of those type things, uh, whether it be ballparks, whether it be bathrooms, whether it be tennis courts, pickleball courts, all those different things, that penny Per dollar was going to go towards that with the city, and that was voted down at a rate of around fifty six forty four. That's right. That is correct. That's a fact. Thirty four forty nine voting, so right at thirty five hundred people uh, voted this election. I think there might have been some absentee that some I've seen. Also, a number was run thirty seven hundred with some absentee votes, but th- you know thirty five thirty seven hundred people voted, and it was voted down fifty six forty four. This was something that would needed to have to have gotten sixty percent of a yes vote. So this was not a. 50 plus one type situation would have had to have 60% or more approve it. Uh, it was 44% uh, only voted yes uh, to approve it. And so it was voted down. That was something that obviously we did not want to see happen. Uh, we wanted the ability to have the infrastructure in place uh, from cash flows, from the penny to be able for whatever board is in, you know, in place, whatever city board is in place to be able to have that money to put toward the building of fields again, and, and we've mentioned this two to ninety two. I mean, it was not just baseball, softball. It was a uh, tennis complex. It was uh, bathrooms out there. It was pickleball courts. It was basketball courts. It was frisbee golf. Enhancing the the walking trails and the skate park that are already out there. And so it was just a oh, putting the roads through. Obviously, both right. sides infrastructure yeah. cut through all the way through. So now not just helping the ball fields, but people wanting to get from Robinson Gen to fifty one. Uh, maybe it makes it easier going south on fifty one or north on fifty one. So just they were you know putting a road through the entire complex. So just a lot of stuff that's in that phase one did not happen uh, as of Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night, I believe, within an hour. You know, unlike Arizona. some other states. Oh, my gosh. Some, still some counting. states that are probably hey, going to go. Do you think it's a coincidence that they're still counting in Arizona and the person running for governor is the secretary of state that's over elections? Well, is that a coincidence? That, that's uh, that, that, yeah. We're gonna get to uh, we're gonna get to national elections here in just a minute. But yes, ours Sorry. was done within an hour. Within an hour, about eight o'clock p.m. on Tuesday night, we kind of knew where the vote stood. And you know, since that time, you know, so we had a you know, did our show yesterday. Very disappointed, not understanding, well, understanding, but not agreeing with uh, the vote. And now. Since that time, uh, and the reason that we did not post that show uh, when, as you said, in the middle of your editing uh, around lunchtime, it came out that, hey, there may be some discrepancies in the vote Yes, that people in the county voted for a city election. I knew that to be a fact because I knew of people who had voted from the county uh, into the city, you know, had been given a, a city, I guess, ballot or, or to be able to vote on the parks. You know, I'll say, okay, well, that's probably going to happen because some people are really right there on the border and, you know, how close are they checking? Didn't realize that, you know, so I'm thinking it's a, you know, one off, maybe, maybe a dozen, maybe a yeah, handful sure. of, of votes. Ends up that it's probably, it, it looks to be a lot more than that. Now hundreds. We, it's going to be hundreds. It's going to be hundreds, yes. We don't know how many hundreds. Um, as we said, that the number is somewhere, up, again, I've seen a 3,500 number. I've seen a 3,700 number. I think that's having to do with absentee votes. Uh, in this election, the last citywide election, again, this was had been uh, in 2021, uh, when the mayor, uh, there was a mayoral election, and all seven uh, seats uh, had some type of competition so nobody ran unimposed uh, and there were actually a lot of them were from retiring uh, aldermen so uh, there were a lot of new races a lot of new faces of course we interviewed every one of them on on the podcast only 2700 people came out to vote for that which for a city our size the mayoral election and every alderman every alderman that would that would probably show you that's going to be the most turnout for a city of our size election each decade or each four years i mean that's that's the truth right so we're, I'm not saying that 
more people did not vote this time because I mean, right. the tax is a big deal. Sure. So you know maybe it, maybe it did push every citywide voter or, or the majority, the ones that are going to vote, which is usually in the twenty to thirty percent range of registered voters anyway. Maybe they all did, but the discrepancy of that eight hundred to a thousand votes. Sure. In the number of votes, not saying that you know, but how is, they voted doesn't matter. The right, numbers, right? I mean, yes. this and we're not saying that the thousand voted no. It's yeah, just they, there was a eight hundred to a thousand people that possibly could have voted for the tax and did not live in the city. They had no right to vote for a city tax, and so that is what is under question. Uh, we there's several articles. We are not. This is not breaking news. Uh, if you're listening to us on Friday, if you're just hearing from this for the first time, it may be breaking news to you. Right. But we are not sourcing it. There are plenty. I think uh, CBS Newsbreak has done one now. The Daily Memphian has done one now, and so they all have articles saying that basically what I'm, I'm stating. The DeSoto County Election Commission they're saying, hey, yes, there was some discrepancies. It looks like there may have been a couple hundred votes. They specifically uh, cited Bridgetown. The number that we had heard was 500 in the Bridgetown district. The number the paper sorted uh, cited was around 200 in the Bridgetown district. Both of them did say there was only about 64 registered voters. Right. So, so 64 registered and somewhere between 150 to 200 votes in Bridgetown were cast in some way. That, that's right. And and so that's obviously an issue, and that is one polling place. And so that is what they're looking at. That is what they're deciding. Now, the DeSoto County is saying, hey, yes, there were some discrepancies. It, it does happen all the time, which is a, a little scary. But – that it's not enough to change the outcome of the vote. Yes. And, you know, so if we're saying, okay, 160 there, 200 there, and if you take that times five, seven, whatever many there are, that may get you to the 800 to the 1,000 that we're talking about. But, and I'm not disagreeing that the vote would change. I mean, you have to get right. 60 or more. This is not a which way it went right. thing. I thought the lady's thing from the Daily Memphian article, I can't remember her name, but I, I thought it, she seemed a little loosey-goosey. At least the, the quote to me was like, eh, who cares type stuff. Well, that's which, right. That's, 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 uh, that's why I said like, it's a little concerning now. that she's like, yeah, Absolutely. it happens all the time. Sure. So we'll see. The yeah, we'll the, see. the city of Hernando is appealing. Yes. Uh, they have appealed to the DeSoto County Election Commission, which you know, is saying, hey, we don't think this should be redone. They've also bringing now in the Mississippi Election Commission to come and look and say, hey, look, if we've got – Eight hundred five. We'll right. see. We'll, we'll, we'll lowball it. Five to eight hundred. Eight hundred to a thousand. Whatever that number may be of votes that should not have been cast, no matter what the outcome Correct. is. Uh, we think that we need to have a revote because that is. If that's not like it's a small number. That is. I mean, if you're let's say seven hundred, make it easy. Seven hundred to thirty-five hundred votes. But that's twenty percent. Sure. Like that is that is one fifth of the votes. That is twenty percent of the votes should not have been cast, no matter which way it went. That is a. I, that is an astronomical right, number right. into a voting discrepancy. So we'll see. That's where we are right, right now. That's this where is, we are. As of uh, Thursday at lunchtime, we're recording this at midday. We're taking my lunch to do this. This is where we stand. So any news over the next – this could be a week-long process. This could be maybe possibly looking toward the Thanksgiving week. Right. Some type of uh, a conclusion to this. We'll see what goes. Anytime we find the information, we'll put it on our Tuesday or our Friday show, depending right. on where we are, and let you know. But as of right now – it is a no. As of right now, the, the, the tax is voted against, and so it would not take place until such time we know. Uh, I think that the only other thing I saw that I we'll make sure we pass the information along, if there were to be a special election, uh, it would need to be 60 days. I think, I, think there, uh, I think it's like a 60-day requirement, or more. they're asking for 60 days or longer to be able to get it done, to be able to do the ballots, all that kind of stuff. So there would be easily enough time to get the information out there, make sure everybody knows that they, we had to vote again. And, you know, for both sides to ramp up their rhetoric for, you know, I mean, obviously we would be hard stating the reasons and, and some of the reasons that we've heard since uh, why people voted no, we would be, we would look to address those. I right. mean, that would be something that we would look to do. Uh, I'm sure that the people who, you know, got out to make sure that people voted no uh, will increase their rhetoric. You know, a, a lot of misleading information with signage and stuff like that, that that would also uh, continue and, and maybe even ramp up. So. We will stay on top of it as best we can. Any every Tuesday and thir- Friday, we will give you the latest information that we have. And uh, but that, as I'm standing right now, it is a no vote until such time that maybe we get to vote again. Yeah, three things, Derek. Well, I'll go fast on this one. First thing, I will accept bids on the uh, show from yesterday. If you would, 
<laughs> that show file could go to the highest bidder. If you email us at underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com, that might be an opportunity to raise money. You know what? We'll bid it off for a parks. I, 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 we will bid it I, off, raise the money for the parks to uh, well, the highest I bidder. Do, I do. I would show. like to. Have, uh, it is, we still have it. I, you do still have it. Unedited. I do. Well, uh, that's the part. I want you <laughs> probably to go there and make sure we clean it up like any other normal show. Sure. Uh, and then, uh, yes, then we can absolutely sell that out. Just a thought. Underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com. When we have the official answer to yes or no, and it's official and we're moving on, you and I will discuss maybe yes. some things. Okay, that's what we're going to – so there's a teaser there. Turn, tune into that show once things are kind of done. But we, we, we talked uh, – and we did. We talked for about an hour and ten minutes. Uh, obviously had a regular show, but talked for a pretty good while about um, the different reasons uh, that it was voted no or that we had been told. We'll cover that when it's officially no or yes. I, I do believe that every person that voted yes or no in this area of the country believes that election integrity is a big thing. Huge. It's a huge thing. Well, if, it if, should if, be anywhere. It but should I mean, be anywhere, yes. But yes. what I'm saying is, is um, let's just say the vote no side of this tax, they're aggressively election integrity people. Yes. We know that for a fact. So yes. I think they would want every vote to be counted. You and I uh, were with a friend early this morning for a Bible study, and he mentioned the lady in front of him was never asked city or county. Yes. And then when she went back and asked for that information or said, hey, I need to ask you, nobody asked me that. The gentleman was very, you know, kind of nonchalant about, ah, don't worry about it. And that's an issue. Because if you had somebody from the county who, who wasn't supposed to vote and she goes back to the parking lot or she goes out and, and sees five friends right after that and, and she could steer one way or the other and she doesn't live in Hernando, well, I mean, that's that, that's not something that we're going to allow. And, and I, I, ho- I hope some things go and cooler heads prevail and they say, all right, here's what we're going to do. And as you mentioned, yes, then we maybe have 60 days of Whew, signs, rhetoric, talk. But um, I think all of us want uh, our elections to be accurate, correct, and fair, and um, and only up and up no matter what side you're on. No, and I think that as, as what you said is those that would vote no, those that are, are out uh, saying that, you know, we don't want to tax, we want less government, you know, also, you know, maybe question the 2020 election results. Right. If, if that is the stance that you took two years ago, that absolutely should be the stance that you're taking right now, especially for a local election. And I, I would say that either side, yes. you know, and, and again, if this had been voted yes, and let's say it was voted yes by 62%, and there were 700 to 1,000 right. votes cast, then the other side would have every right to say, absolutely. we want these recounted. And, and they would. You know they would. Yeah, and, that, and that's what we're <laughs> – the, same, the exact same thing. Right. So we'll see where it lands up. Yes. I mean, again, this is not what we say. It's not what they say. Uh, it is what the election, Mississippi Election Commission is going to come in, going to have to uh, interrogate it, and have to look at it, and then at some point they'll make a call whether or not we have this election again. The thing I worry about, Derek, is people that struggle with admitting things didn't go well and things went down wrong, the government struggles to do that. The county election, election commission, I can understand them being defensive right. and saying, hey, no, like, this is not a big deal. We, we, we were in control of this. We got this. But if they have to be redone, it becomes a city election. Right, sure. Then it, it, that's taken out of their hands. Now, it, they may have a little egg on their face or whatever, but in the long run, you know, are people going to remember this five years from now, ten years from now? Right. No. They're going to have their several more elections to come back and have great elections, which they've done in the past. They'll do it in the future. It then becomes a citywide election issue. And uh, you know, so then it just – they don't have to worry about it anymore. Now, okay, right. now we got our city, city polling places. You're not going to be voting uh, at uh, Hernando Hills or at the Armory. You're going to be voting at Holly Springs Fire Station, the, high, the fire station up on 51. So they'll be city places. Right. So, again, we'll see how it goes. I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, again, if it's if it stays no, we will discuss our thoughts on that. Sure. If it goes votes to yes, we're going to be stumping hard to try to get the vote out again. Yep, that's exactly right, Derek. And my third thing I mentioned just a second ago, I should have become a little bit worried when – um, at one of the polls, a Panola County school bus pulled up. Uh, I sh- that should have been a red flag right there. I was, I should have. Been when like, you saw all the Shelby County yeah, tags, exactly. in the I saw lot. the Shelby County tags, the Panola County tags. Uh, I, a guy I knew in Batesville. I saw him at the polling place. How'd that work? That's crazy. Of course, I kid. And again, Derek and I will discuss that if it, if it's officially no, uh, sometime soon we'll know that and and we'll discuss our our thoughts on that when it's when it's time. But Derek, right now I can tell you one thing that we all agree on. If you haven't been to and witnessed and gone to the DeSoto County Museum right on Commerce Street in Hernando, whether you voted for or against the tax, Republican, Democrat, live in Hernando. Actually, you are allowed to visit 
the DeSoto County Museum if you don't live in Hernando. So if you come to vote, like if you live in Holly Springs and you come to vote in our election, you come to Exactly. What you want to do is you want to come from Holly Springs, vote in our election, grab a bite to eat, and then go to the DeSoto County Museum, which gives us our DeSoto County Fact of the Week each and every week. And it's no different this week. DeSoto County Museum located across the street from Cadence Bank on Commerce Street right here in Hernando. Open 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Admission is always free. They're, they're consistently changing the different um, exhibits and artifacts and things to look at. So if you if you haven't been in a couple of months or a few years, please visit the DeSoto County Museum led by Mr. Rob Long and his wonderful staff. Derek, tell us this week's DeSoto County Fact of the Week. Right, this week's uh, Fact of the Week it has to do with the Depression years. They were tough everywhere in the nation and, of course, also in DeSoto County. There was only one dentist in the whole town during this time, Dr. J.E. Williams. Grateful patients who had no money paid him any way they could with a dozen eggs per week or maybe a whole ham from a farm-raised hog or even possibly a horse if the dental bill was too high. Dr. Robert Seymour, of course, uh, from the DeSoto Family Dental Care, which is uh, a wonderful sponsor of the UTW podcast, uh, he has donated to the DeSoto County Museum Dr. Williams' actual dental chair and equipment, which is now on display inside the DeSoto County Museum. Rob Long actually had one of Dr. Williams' former patients, an elderly woman recently, who took one glance at the chair and bolted. It seems that when she was having a, a dental procedure many, many years ago, that he was squeezing the black leather bag that was supposed to pump ether into her system to anesthetize her for procedure. The only problem was there was no ether in the bag. She had her entire procedure done without anesthesia. She ran out of the museum door when she saw the chair, got in her car, and this was 68 years after her dental visit. And as uh, Rob so uh, eloquently put it, sometimes recalling history can be painful. Oh, there's no doubt about that, Derek. And um, one of our main sponsors is a dentist, and uh, I think things have probably improved quite a bit in the last 68 years for I sure. Will, I, w- I would say that uh, we're going to get to their ad here in a little while later on in our show, but uh, not a, a better place to go for uh, just peaceful, easy, uh, relaxing personalized dental care, and we'll get to that in just a minute. I guess 68 years ago, if you were an adult, you, I mean, the only way to combat things maybe was – a little bourbon or something like that. Well, unless it's the ether, the ether is trying to squeeze in the bag. That's that's really all they had. Um, I, I'm I'm I will say this. I'm living in the right time period because <laughs> there was a lot of painful stuff going on. Oh, sure, a lot of experimental stuff that luckily they figured a lot of that out now that we uh, when we go to uh, the DeSoto Family Dental Care. And always remember, when it comes to pain, uh, you will feel no pain when you stop by the DeSoto County Museum. You walk right in, they give you a tour, and it doesn't cost you a dime. Now they're ready to accept a donation if you if that's something you're led to do. Please donate to the DeSoto County Museum if you do stop by. But as far as admission and getting in and walking all around the museum, it is totally free. Get out this weekend as we're going to talk about a wonderful weekend. I think they're uh, they're yeah, actually a huge weekend, huge weekend. weekend, Hernando. I think they're helping with the the Dickens of a Christmas. Yes, they are. So, yes, yes, they're they helping are. with that. So thank you again, Rob Long, for helping us with the DeSoto County Fact of the Week each and every week. We certainly appreciate you. Are you a hardworking and motivated individual looking for a full-time or part-time career in commercial insurance? Holland Insurance wants you on their team. Holland Insurance was founded in 1981 and has been staffed with local industry experts who are eager to make a difference in every life they touch. Working with some of the largest insurance companies in the world nationwide, Liberty Mutual, MetLife, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Humana, Aetna, Cigna, Travelers, those are just some of the 60 companies that Holland Insurance represents in DeSoto County. Give them a call today at 662-895-5528. That's 662-895-5528. As we've mentioned, they're located in South Haven, but ready to give quotes and help you anywhere in Tennessee, Arkansas, and Mississippi. Give Bruce Robinson and Jerry Holland with Holland Insurance a call today. Again, 662-895-5528. Thank you, Holland Insurance. Well, Derek, part of our shows for the last six months has been talking about the Hernando Farmer's Market, the wonderful seasonal sponsor that we work with uh, for the last two years. Hernando Farmer's Market is done for the 2022 season. However, they will be a part of what's coming up this weekend in Hernando. But before we talk about Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday here in the city of Fernando, we definitely want to uh, mention... One of the best Veterans Day parades in DeSoto County, maybe the entire Mid-South. As you listen to our show this morning, please consider getting out 
between 10 and 11, a wonderful parade shows support, uh, honoring the veterans. They come straight down Commerce Street right here in Hernando. It is a wonderful parade. Highly recommend uh, going if you own a business or have a staff or work with, uh, with, with folks. I recommend putting a sign on the door and heading out to uh, just give a wave, give a nod to the veterans that will uh, be walking down between 10 and 11 for this annual Veterans Day Parade that is so special right here in Hernando. I highly recommend that. If you can hear our show right now, get out 10 to 11 this morning. Then later on tonight, as we've teased for the last 20 minutes, huge weekend for the city of Fernando. Starts tonight. The Dickens of a Christmas starts tonight with the 6 o'clock annual Christmas tree lighting. Uh, we talk about it all the time. Natalie Lynch, the alder woman, uh, it's, a, it's a cross she picked up about five years ago yeah. and said, hey, our Christmas tree on the square is not good enough. No. And she addressed it. The Hernando Methodist Church uh, helped with the purchase of a gorgeous, beautiful Christmas tree. Please get out and see that. You won't find many many trees in the Mid-South nicer than ours. But we're going to light that at 6 o'clock. And also today, from 4.30 to 7.30, they're going to have the uh, the ice rinks going to be set up. And that's going to be set up all weekend long. It uh, actually works out perfect. Huge cold front coming through. So you'll actually be ice skating a little bit. And it'll be actually you know, 35, 40, 45, 50 degrees. So definitely something to look forward to. And, uh, and then the entire day, the Dickens of a Christmas, an award-winning event right here in Hernando that you don't want to miss. Careless throughout the town, carriage rides throughout the town, Santa Claus will be in town, all those different things with the Dickens of a Christmas. And then on Sunday, Derek, we have another day of shopping. Tell us all about that. So on Sunday, there's the Christmas open house. Now, the shops will obviously be open on their normal hours on Saturday. But on Sunday, from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m., uh, the about 20 to 22 shops in and around Hernando Square will be open. This is put on by the Chamber of Commerce. This is done every year, the second Sunday uh, in November. Always the second Sunday in November. They open it up. And this is when you can go. You can shop. They may offer you apple cider, hot apple cider, hot chocolate. Uh, sometimes they do candies, cookies, uh, stuff like that sort of thing that you can go when you go in their shops. They do, uh, in the past, they've done like a passport game where if you go in, you can have your card stamped. If you visit so many retailers, you may put your you know something in for a prize. And then also, of course, for the children, the main event is Santa Claus. Santa Claus will be there at the courthouse from a 1 to 5 p.m. Again, this Sunday, 1 to 5 p.m. Show up, get your picture taken with Santa. These are the ones that you can order the huge prints, or maybe you can sneak right behind them while they're taking their photo, snap a picture with your phone, and just keep Keep on moving. Do what you need to do. Um, I'm shaking my head right now. Come well, on. No. I mean, no, we can't tell people to support and then tell us. Oh, okay, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Don't, be, don't be that person. Don't be that person. No. Okay, don't don't no. do what I may have done 10 years ago. There's so. zero doubt you did that. <laughs> There's zero doubt that your um, Christmas portrait was that. But anyway, so just again, this is a great thing. This is not just around the squares. Up and down Commerce Street. Uh, be looking. Go on the uh, Hernando Chamber website. They will have all of the places uh, shown on there that are open. Again, I think it's like 20 or 22 shops. Also, go to the Hernando app. You can go to the Hernando app. that They now have the app on their phone, which tells you everything going on this weekend with the Dickens of a Christmas starting Friday night, all day Saturday, and then, of course, the open house on Sunday. I mean, I'm, we're not saying that. The carriage rides, of course, that you mentioned, that's done by the DeSoto County Museum. That's what Rob is going to be doing all day long on Saturday. He's dressed up in Victorian attire, driving a carriage, and telling you about the history of the Hernando Square. Now, Derek, I did look on the Hernando app uh, on Tuesday for uh, polling places, and it was in Horn Lake. <laughs> Um, And then they're having a uh, Nutcracker performance, I believe, at the H-Pack. They're having Christmas carolers uh, all day long. I mean, there is so much going on in and around the Hernando Square and the city of Hernando itself dealing with Dickens, the Victorian time period, everything that, you know, bringing the Christmas to life. So, again, if you're not going down to Oxford, if you're not going down to Starkville, or even if you are, Friday night is available to you. Sunday, all afternoon long, is available to you. Get out there and support the local business starting off your holiday season on the Hernando Square. Derek, we're going to take every opportunity on the UTW podcast to say the word Dickens as often as possible. Dickens. (laughs) Huge weekend this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, things to do, retail, fun, family event. Uh, Please get out and support right here under the water tower. Next Saturday, uh, the Pancake Breakfast will be taking place on November 19th from 8 to 1. It's going to be at Longview Point Baptist Church, and it's going to be sponsored by the Hernando Rotary Club. $10 in advance, $12 at the door. Now, what does it go to? The Mills on Wheels program in Hernando. For more information about Mills on Wheels, please visit their Facebook page, Mills on Wheels Hernando. Great Facebook page. Take a look at that. If it's something you want to get involved with, 
Email us at underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com. That's underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com. And Derek and I know several people heavily involved in that, and we'd love to uh, help you get connected with them. Next Saturday at Longview Point Baptist Church, corner of Mackinville and Bahelia, um, parking lot is destroyed <laughs> right now. <laughs> parking lot is, is yeah. under construction. Yeah, parking lot is under construction, but there is parking for the event we're talking about. You won't have any issues there. Come out next Saturday morning from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. for a wonderful event sponsored by the Hernando Rotary Club. Our next thing, Derek, you mentioned visiting Santa. You mentioned uh, bootlegging uh, photos with Santa <laughs> at the uh, over the last uh, decade, possibly. But the big man's going to be back in town for uh, quite a bit coming up in December. Tell us about that first weekend where he will be. Um, he might as well just get an Airbnb here in town. Hernando is such a great town that Santa basically uh, stays here the first week yes. in uh, December. And then, of course, we'll mention briefly, and more to come, well, uh, the last stop that he makes before he uh, settles in for the last week getting ready for his big trip. That's right. So starting on the weekend of December 3rd, Saturday, December 3rd, the first time you get to see you can see Santa is at the Bridgetown Fire Department. The Bridgetown Fire Department presents their second annual Breakfast with Santa. Now, again, this is Saturday, December 3rd. From 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. or until they sell out. This is at the Bridgetown Fire Department located at 3980 Malone Road North. A lot of people know where that is on Malone Road. Basically, Malone Road dead ends after the fire department. Um, now, this is the best part, Matt. $5. For $5, you can show up at 8, starting at 8 a.m. That gets you pancakes, sausage, milk, juice, and coffee. Five dollars. Five dollars. That's tremendous. I mean, that is, That's a great deal. I can't. I, who's, who's, who's got this business plan? Hang I mean, on a second. I, I, this, they, we need to check our costs. I mean, I look. So it's five dollars. Nobody would be mad if they had upped a little bit with all the inflation. Let's uh, let's up at the six bucks. We're well, okay uh, again, right now it's still five dollars. <laughs> and I mean, this is this is better than any Waffle House deal. This is better than I mean, I mean, this is even like outpricing Taco Bell. I mean, this no is a, a full meal for five dollars. All of the proceeds will support the volunteer fire department to assist with day to day needs and their equipment. And again, the big man himself will be there for the children Saturday, December 3rd, starting at 8 a.m. The very next day, because on Sunday, December 4th, from 2 to 5 p.m., the Hernando Parks and Recreation is having cookies with Santa. $3 admission for those over the age of 12 and free admission for kids under the age of 12. Uh, this is going. This is sponsored by the Hernando Optimist Club, so a great nonprofit themselves. I want to say thank you to them for bringing Santa back, paying for that B, uh, Airbnb bedroom so he can stay in town. Uh, overnight and be there from 2 to 5 p.m. at the Gale Center to have cookies with Santa. Another photo op, just a great, great uh, thing to have it. And, and we thank the Optimus Club for allowing this to happen in the city of Hernando. And then finally, Monday, December 5th, it is the annual Christmas parade. And we don't know what annual. This is a multi-annual, multi-decade Christmas parade for the city of Hernando that will take place. I think the uh, lineup starts at 5.30 or 6 that evening. The parade starts at 6.30. The regular parade route up Commerce, around the square, back down Center Street. Uh, everybody knows it. If you, if you live in Hernando, if you're from Hernando, if you visit Hernando, you're very, very aware of how popular, how huge. I mean, this is a very big, well-attended Christmas parade. Uh, if you're interested in putting a float in, the chamber is taking those registrations now. And, and I apologize. It's either 50 or $75. We'll try to have that for you next Friday. Either 50 or $75 to sign up. Go ahead and get your float registered. Uh, get with the chamber. Uh, get with Sibony over there who does a wonderful job setting that up. And enter your float 6.30 until that night. Uh, again, the last time to see Santa, he will be dragging. dragging bring up the rear. He'll be on the fire truck at the top. Can't get pictures with him that night, but you could wave at him. You can catch candy from him. Uh, just a wonderful, wonderful event. So, again, the third, fourth, or fifth, Santa's booking that hotel room. He's spending the weekend in Hernando before he takes off. Matt, for the last time he'll be basically in the uh, lower 48 yeah. will be uh, – what day was that going to be? That's right, Derek. Saturday, December 17th, he makes one more stop before heading back to the North Pole. Saturday, December 17th, the annual – Crew of Hernando Santa Claus Caravan, which starts at 9 a.m. More information will come. We don't want to flood you that with the next six, seven weeks about that. More information will come on our Facebook page, tell you all the routes, where he goes on a fire truck. You mentioned fire truck a second ago, Derek. And, and real quick, thank you to all those firemen and police officers that oh, help absolutely. us every year. Every year. They have a great time. We enjoy getting to, to know them a bit, visit with them. They seem to really enjoy working with us. So how long has this been, Derek? About t It's been 10 years, or what number are we on now? Number 12. This will be number 12. Number 12. 12th annual crew. Crew Fernando, Santa Claus Caravan. It's hard to believe it's that been that many. Um, wow, that's a little bit overwhelming for me right here as I record the 12th annual 
caravan will be coming up. We'll give you more information, but that'll be the last stop. So you should have some opportunities to take some pictures with Santa on the route. Maybe uh, we'll see what we can do and, and visiting with him, see if we can make that happen. Saturday, December 17th, 12th annual Crew Fernando Santa Claus Caravan. Last chance to see Santa before he has to get to work at the North Pole. Thank you to all the different shout outs we have. Thank you to the nonprofit people. Thank you to the Hernando Farmers Market for working with us over the last six months. Good luck with the Dickens of a Christmas. Thank you, Gia Matheny and her team for being fans of ours and being supporters of ours. We really appreciate that. We wish everybody with the city nothing but the best this weekend. 40 degree temperatures. You can't ask for much more when it comes to Dickens of a Christmas this coming weekend. Thank you to all the people that put things together for the uh, shout outs that we do for our Friday show each and every week. But there, guys, I mentioned those cold temperatures. Uh, everyone listening to my voice knows what's coming. Cold temperatures, uh, leaves are going to fall even more. Oh, yeah. Leaves are coming down. Leaves are going to fall even more. I sa- I've said it the last five weeks. If you have tons of leaves in your yard, in your gutters, on your driveway, on your commercial property, and you need help with that, nobody in Hernando is going to be better than our longtime sponsor, Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and so much more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. As I mentioned, whether it's leaf removal, tree trimming, fall cleanups, gate repair, fence repair, new gate construction, new fence construction, any project like that on the outside of your home or office, you need to reach out to one of the nicest guys you're going to meet, somebody who's ready to serve, somebody who wants to help you with your project. Call Richard today at 662-292-8855. Again, that's 662-292-8855. You can also find more information about Richard and his team on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. Again, that's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. Richard, thank you so much for continued support. The UTW Podcast, good luck during this fall season. I know it's one of your busier times. Good luck for you and your team. Call Richard today. Again, as I continue to say, he's the kind of guy you want to know when it comes to these projects. 662-292-8855. As we mentioned before, Dr. Seymour uh, donated the chair to the DeSoto County Museum that some woman remembered that caused her a lot of pain was somewhere where you would not feel that pain. DeSoto Family Dental Care, which has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments and general dentistry, including implants and implant-supported dentures, as well as Invisalign. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere for their patients. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference and give them a call at 662-429-5239. Again, 662-429-5239. Well, Derek, since we uh, changed yesterday's show and and had to record a different one, it's a little bit shorter, but it's going to end the same way we end our Friday shows in the fall. We're going to discuss a little bit about football and what's going on right here under the water tower. Give us a review of last week, and we had some seasons kind of come to an end. That's right. And then let's give us a preview of potentially a season coming to an end (laughs) this coming Friday night. Tell us all about football under the water tower. All right, first we'll start with North Point, as we have all season. Uh, They hosted the first round of the playoffs last Friday against Davidson Academy and was looking to avenge a 29-point loss from just four weeks ago. North Point stalled on their first two drives after crossing midfield both times, but the defense was ready for the Bears this time and also forced three and outs on the Bears' first three drives. North Point put together another good drive but missed a field goal when the ball hit the uprights from 40 yards out. The Bears finally scored before the end of the first quarter, but the extra point was missed. The Bears then score again in the second half, and this time go for two, but are unsuccessful again. With the score 12-0, North Point had the ball at the end of the first half and tried to get points on the board before halftime, but were first forced to punt, and then a bad snap on that punt was picked up by the Bears and running for a touchdown to take a 19-0 lead into the locker room. In the second half, the Trojans get the ball and march right down the field, and DeMonte Adilliard, who was playing in his first game of the season since becoming eligible and being injured, ran it in from 29 yards out to give the Trojans their first score and cut the lead to 19-7. 
the Bears answer on their first possession to push the lead back to 26-7. The Trojans again had a good drive, but fumble leading to a Bears 34-yard field goal and the end of the third quarter with a score 29-7. The defenses for both teams played well in the fourth quarter until Jack Patterson hit Harrison Nowell on a 36-yard touchdown pass. The Trojans are able to recover the onside kick, but are not able to convert on fourth down late and fall to the Bears 29-14. The Trojans played well enough to win, but the execution at the end of the first half and being minus three in the turnover department was too much to overcome. We want to say congrats to the Trojans on a much better defensive year in 2022, and the team will bring all of their skill players back next year and should be bigger on the line. I do expect a playoff run by the Trojans next year, and again, congratulations on a great season. And again, Derek will be stuck doing the Twitter on the home games again <laughs> at least for, for two, two more, more years. Two more seasons. Two more years. Yeah, while well, Ali's still in school, you'll be uh, having to do the Twitter machine there for the Trojans. Good job, Trojans. Six and five is better than five and six. I mean, it's that simple. Uh, being it's above 500, record. it's a winning record. Make the playoffs. Tough draw in the playoffs, but uh, look forward to cheering you on next year. Derek, tell us about the Lewisburg Patriots, as you're going to learn in just a minute. The only team left that we cover. Tell us what they did last week. All right, this game was huge for both teams because the winner would get the three seed in the playoffs, while the loser would have to depend on tiebreakers. DeSoto Central started the scoring, but Lewisburg tied it up when Gunnar Gilmore hit Coleman Dowell from five yards out to tie the game at seven. The Jags then add on two more scores to take a 21-7 lead into halftime. That was the score for most of the third quarter until Gilmore found Easton Fessmeyer for a touchdown to make the score 21-14 with 31 seconds left in the third quarter. The fourth quarter is a defensive struggle, but DeSoto Central was able to score with 2 minutes and 39 seconds remaining to double up the Patriots 28-14 and then get a pick six as Lewisburg is trying to make a play and score at the end of the game to yield the final score of 35-14. With the win, DeSoto Central got the three seed. With the loss, Lewisburg would have to wait. Hernando at Olive Branch. These two teams were on the outside and looking in, having to win and then needing help to make the playoffs. So we knew that the game would be close and hard fought. Hernando takes the first lead on a safety to make it 2-0. Olive Branch answers with a touchdown to go up 7-2, which held until Topher Jones scored on a quarterback keeper to go up 8-7 with six minutes left in the first half after the two-point conversion was missed. Hernando then added another score before the half when Jones found Brody Martin on a TD with a minute 10 left to take a 15-7 lead into halftime. That was a score at the start of the third quarter and the start of the fourth quarter. Jones found the end zone again, his third of the day, and second on the ground to put the Tigers up 22-7. Olive Branch answers with over 10 minutes left in the game and then scores again two minutes later after a Tiger fumble to tie the game 22-22 with 8.34 left. Brody Martin breaks out on a 60-yard touchdown run to take the seven-point lead, and the Tiger defense clamps down to end the game and get the had-to-have victory. Unfortunately for the Tigers, the victory alone was not enough as they lose the tiebreaker to Lewisburg, who had defeated them earlier in the year, and Lewisburg gets the last playoff spot, and Hernando finishes fifth in the district. We want we first want to say congrats to Hernando for winning their last two after the injuries they had in the middle of the season and making that playoff push. This is also a younger team with good talent and should be some type of factor in the new 7A region next year. We'll get more on that in just a moment. We have enjoyed covering this team from their hot start to the heartbreaking tiebreaker and look forward to covering them again next year. Coach Steve McCann's first year, Derek, uh, like you mentioned, kind of a, a young team. Hernando size-wise is all. I mean, the fact that Hernando plays in the region they play in, they go, they win six games, lose five, so they win, they end the season with a winning record is a big thing, a good thing. People know my thoughts from four weeks ago. Go listen to that show if you want to listen to the Hernando Lewisburg football game. Go listen to that show. Uh, my thoughts and my opinions on. Um, Whew, the, I mean, Hernando had 17 penalties in Lewisburg that night. That's a lot of laundry on the field. I'll just leave it there. <laughs> I'll just leave that there. So if you want to know my comments on that, go listen to that show. But good season, 6-5, and five, and look forward to playing in the newly formed 7A uh, ranks in Mississippi, which you're going to talk about after you tell us about Lewisburg's trip to the playoffs this Friday. It's going to be tough. Yeah, so for the Patriots, first of all, congrats on making the playoffs. Uh, they went from zero district wins last year and only one win overall to three district wins this year and the four seed. That is a great turnaround. So congratulations sure. to that whole team and the coaching staff. They will now face the Tupelo Golden Wave in Tupelo. This will be an extremely tough challenge and a learning experience for this team to continue to get better. 
Tupelo is undefeated and also the number one team in the state. It's going to be tough. This game could get ugly. Uh, the final prediction, since this is our only show again this week, we're putting it out there to you on Friday morning for the game tonight. Matt, I'm going to say 49-7 Tupelo. And as we did on our recorded show that no one will ever hear, I said 49 nothing. You did say 49 If Lewisburg passes the 40-yard line on their side of the field, it'll be a win. So you're they saying that Tupelo's really, defense is slightly legit. Tupelo's defense it gives up about five points a game on the year. And um, Lewisburg, they're going to be outmanned. Tupelo's a very big team, a physical team. Uh, you don't get to be the number one team in the state of Mississippi um, without some talent. And it's going to be very tough. Tupelo will be challenged probably maybe in the quarterfinals. So they're going to play a couple of back-to-back games where they won't have much challenge. Yeah, 49 nothing. Uh, Tupelo Golden Wave. All right, so again, but however, we hope for the Patriot win, yeah, of course. course. Yes. And then either I hope way, I'm wrong. yeah, <laughs> I hope you're wrong. But either way, the Patriots can build on this going forward. Now, finally, uh, we want to end the the sports segment with this. You heard me mention 7A that Hernando will be playing in next year. The state of Mississippi has added another level of classification, and both Hernando and Lewisburg will be 7A schools next year. That's starting in the 2023 year. So next August, that'll be this will be the case from. Uh, August of 2023 until May of 2025. Uh, in fact, Lewisburg will be the smallest 7A school in the state as they barely make the cut between 6A and 7A. They basically had 20 students too many. So with the new redistricting, five DeSoto County schools, South Haven, Horn Lake, DeSoto Central, Hernando, and Lewisburg. So the total new 7A Region 1 will be the five DeSoto County schools I just mentioned, and Oxford. Of course, Oxford is uh, very excited because every regional road trip for them will be in DeSoto County. That's right. They'll get very used to coming to uh, this area. Not bad for their bus mechanic. Who, I mean, it's pretty simple trips all the way up here to uh, South Haven and, and, well, South Haven twice with D.C. and South Haven and pretty easy trips up here. You know here. where you're going. Like, yeah, you know where through, you're going. Put it on, uh, what is it, the GPS? Autopilot. Right. Just send it on. Let's you go. know where you're going. So, I mean, that's going to be pretty interesting. Hernando's kind of middle of the number, from a number standpoint for 7A. Something else, Derek, before we wrap up the show, podcast listeners, every high school, I learned this just the other day, every high school by the time the Hernando High School is built in 2025, we'll have turf on their football field. Breaking news. Exactly. Hernando will obviously be the last one because the turf field will simply be part of the new school construction. Lewisburg and South Haven will be the first two to undergo those renovations, I guess, maybe right after the school year. Yeah, I'm out. I believe we have it ready yeah. for next season. I believe that's what it looks. So Lewisburg will have field turf. I don't think they'll do the football and soccer because Lewisburg has its own very nice soccer field. Right. So I don't think that's something they're going to do. But I do believe the Hernando field will be uh, lined and ready for soccer and football. Oh wow! Okay. I think that's what I did here. So interesting stuff. I always like to break news. Uh, Derek, one thing I was I wonder how the Tupelo High School football coach voted in our elections on Tuesday. You know, I just see him over there at the, <laughs> at, the at the school. And I'm so telling I, you, I should ask him. I should have asked when someone had. Tupelo jacket on I should have been like hey how'd you vote so we kid of course go listen to the front of the show to make sure you know what we're talking about uh, Derek and I have plenty of opinions when it comes to the penny for the park which we will give when it is a definite yes or definite no that we won't be voting again for the city of Fernando um, you know look forward to discussing all those different things and we appreciate you coming on this journey with us thank you for listening to the UTW podcast thank you for the last six eight weeks if you listen to our show for interviews with Henry Miner who designed the phase one with Jared Barkley, the Parks Director, and wanted to learn more about that. We appreciate you trusting us and listening to us for your information. If you enjoy some of the things we discuss, some of the goofiness that we have on the UCW Podcast, share it with family, share it with friends. Simply go wherever you are on your app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. Do that first. And then somewhere on your app, you can share our show. Hit the share button. Send it out to friends. Let people know what we're talking about, discussing the fun times we have right here on the UTW Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. If you enjoy our show, you'll also enjoy OB Pod. OB Pod does one show a week, releasing early Monday mornings. OB Pod simply stands for Olive Branch. They cover the eastern side of DeSoto County, also break down Center Hill, Lewisburg, and Olive Branch Athletics. OB Pod. Look them up today. As we mentioned, only one show this week happens to be on Friday morning, and every Friday show ends the same way. Please consider visiting a local 
church this weekend. If you see a church every day, you go to work or go to school or go pass by, or someone has invited you to a church, every church in Hernando is going to have a Facebook page, going to have a website. Visit those pages to see when their worship times are. So many churches in Hernando have the times posted right there on their signs. Derek and I attend Hernando United Methodist Church. It makes a big day. It's a great way to kick off your week on a Sunday morning and uh, just you know you walk out of there refreshed and ready to battle. We highly recommend moms and dads starting the week off uh, with their family at a local church. We think it will make a big difference in their day-to-day lives. Well, Derek, uh, we look forward to uh, speaking with you more about the park, the penny for the park um, sales tax referendum around Christmas time when we know what's going on. <laughs> no, well, I, I would hope that we're better than you know some of the Western states in getting this stuff in. So we're going we're gonna to assume we're yeah, going to have We didn't talk much about national stuff, but that, we'll, we'll leave that. It is amazing. Florida had the issues they had in 2000, 2000. 22 years later, they can vote 7.5 million votes, count 7.5 million votes, have that done, and answers within four or five hours. I mean, th- this was the it's state unreal. that had hanging Chad. Correct. We learned that, yeah, the name Chad, which don't forget, <laughs> there are 22-year-old boys all across America <laughs> named, named Chad. Chad because of this. Oh, my gosh. Just, I mean, Chad everywhere. It is mind-blowing to me um, how that works, how it's 2022. And I heard a guy say it on the radio, and I think he was – well – yeah, I think he's going to be on the losing end in Arizona, and he was furious. He's like, this is unbelievable. It's 2022. We're completely a sophisticated country. We can do better. So we'll just say that. And, so. and, Matt, and what you're alluding to is like we have uh, – I'm looking at the numbers right now. Just yeah. to, I know this is at the end of the show, but right, sure. just real briefly. Huge races all across the nation. Right now, as it stands, at 1 o'clock on Thursday lunchtime, uh, there's 48 Democrats in the Senate. 48 Republicans in the Senate. There are four races that are uncalled. Uh, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, and Alaska are still out there. Three of the four Western states. And the only reason Georgia is not called is because it has to go to a runoff. Sure. That will be decided in December. And then on the House side, 210 Republicans uh, are now in, 192 Democrats, and so still several houses. And I'm, look, <laughs> I'm looking at the map. Uh, the first states to have issues look to be the Colorado and uh, New Mexico. That's where the, I guess, the, the, they're not shaded in yet. Right, exactly. And so everything there and west uh, are still yet to be counted or yet to be decided. There may, I think there's actually one up there in Maryland, too. So one in the east, the rest are in the west. Again, 210 to 192 on the House side, 48-48 on the Senate side. And maybe we'll know something, as you said, by Christmas. Yeah, maybe we'll know something by Christmas or maybe Thanksgiving dinner. We can consider, we can talk about uh, finally getting things wrapped up. So thank you for going on this journey on the UTW podcast. We really appreciate it. As I mentioned, under the water tower info at gmail.com for the highest bidder to purchase <laughs> yesterday's show. Edited, no, please edit Edited <laughs> show from yesterday that no one will hear. All proceeds benefit the Hernando Parks and Rec Department. We will donate that, uh, that donation to them. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time, Under the Water Tower. City sidewalks, busy sidewalks, dressed in holiday style. In the air there's a feeling of Christmas. Children laughing, people passing, meeting smile after smile. And on every street corner.